Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Ed Critchley for South of the Circle, which is a narrative adventure about an academic named Peter and his relationship with another lecturer named Clara. It's set in the Cold War in the 60s, mostly in Antarctica. (laughs) Uh, South of the Circle came out more than two years ago, which matters because there were a couple times Ed needed to listen to his tracks in order to know what on earth I was yammering on about. I mean, two years ago, we were still in lockdown here in Minnesota. It seems like a lifetime ago. So in any event, I really enjoyed speaking with Ed about South of the Circle and just absolutely fantastic music. Join us on Discord to talk about this and other episodes. Normally there would be a YouTube video, except this time I forgot to hit record on the video part, which is a bummer, but we'll still put this up there. There just won't be any video. And if you're able to support us financially on Patreon, we'd be very grateful for your support. You can learn more about that at patreon.com slash level. All right, here's Ed talking about South of the Circle. It's been a little while, actually. Uh, so I'm coming back to this after uh, some time. But mm-hmm. um, it is a game set uh, around the Second World War and... Uh, Sorry, that's just not true. (laughs) (laughs) That is is literally just wrong. What a load of rubbish. Sorry. Uh, The Cold War. Okay. So anyway, yeah, so Southern Circle is is set in the Cold War uh, and Peter is uh, an academic and is uh, struggling and is interested in weather patterns and um, without wanting to give too much away, gets embroiled in things way, way above uh, his pay grade or, or <laughs> way, way above what, what he wants to get involved in. And so there's a very dramatic uh, main narrative line about that and, and, and the jeopardy he finds himself in. But simultaneously and perhaps much more importantly, he's having flashbacks um, to a time with uh, uh, a loved one and he's coming to terms with what he has done in the past and that's not clear to him or to us um, for most of the game. The main shtick is the idea of memory and how unreliable or reliable memory can be um and so it explores that in lots of different ways what one of which is playing between these two timelines uh and and also playing with the idea that obviously as, as a as a gamer you can influence what happens next or can you influence what happens next in the sense of when you remember something do you have some influence over that memory as as it's occurring um so that's the main thrust of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. Not set in the second world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's a very narrative experience, this game, right? Um, you know, gameplay very focused on, you know, conversation, dialogue, rather than like wandering about the landscape. So how did that uh, you know, impact the music you wrote? I was a dream. <laughs> no, it really is because uh, so often scoring for games, you, 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 it's very hard to not think about the technical side of things, but how you're going to then implement this music or ask somebody else to implement this music. Uh, and when things are um, not narrative and when you're running around, um, moving from room to room and scene to scene and and, and, and everything. It, 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 it's just technically very difficult. When things are narrative-led and much more linear, um, it's more like scoring a film. So you, you're just able to focus on... You, you can score more, more, more closely to picture. Um, so just from a technical point of view, it made it an awful lot easier. I mean, it was... <laughs> Still difficult, <laughs> very difficult places, but but just in general made it a lot easier, which was great. Um, and to that, and I, I sort of realised that early on, when Luke, you know, state of play, um, 
was describing it to me, I thought, ah, great. I can, I can at least try and ignore all the technical issues, um, until the end, um, which I did. So I just, I just scored to picture, I mean, literally photographs and early concept artwork, and then would do the usual thing of taking recordings of, of the screen as you're playing through early builds and things. Um, but I just I did, I was trying to get the general feel for whatever space Peter was in um, at that time, and then the general emotional arcs uh, of the narrative. But I I don't like to score too closely if I can help it. I, I like to sort of tell some other overarching story rather than respond to um, violently to what's going on in the scene there's exceptions to everything but that, that's the general idea so yeah no it's amazing it was a dream because it, because it's so emotionally led yeah. um this the music can do uh, so yeah it's great the acoustic piano and uh you know generally speaking uh, just talk to me about the palette because you know as i mentioned before we kind of really got underway i loved the simplicity of this score and that doesn't mean that it's not complicated music it's just it sounds very simple right almost like a uh, you know, someone would say about, you know, a Bach invention or something. It sounds very simple. It's just two notes happening, but there's a lot of complexity behind that, right? So so that's kind of what I mean by this the simplicity of of this. And and the acoustic piano in a lot of tracks kind of leads that, right? I mean, you've got a very sparsely um you know, you, they're not using all ten fingers on the piano, you know? So so talk to me a little bit about uh, that approach. Uh <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, necessity is the mother of invention, isn't it? I'm not very good pianist. <laughs> In fact, I'm an appalling pianist. Um, so uh, I do. T I do genuinely tend to write pretty simple stuff on the piano. Uh, I, I guess for that reason. But but it but it soon became clear that it suited the story because I th I personally think that Peter and to some extent, Clara, relatively naive characters. And I, I don't mean that in a negative sense. They're just, there is an innocence about them. And although their emotions are very interesting and very real and it's explored in quite a subtle way in, in the game, they're also quite simple ones too, I think. And... Uh, yeah, I just want, I, I really did genuinely want to create something simple uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that I could play the flipping thing. I don't know if I can swear on this thing or not. Anyway, you can, if uh, you want, yeah. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, there was, the, okay, so, I mean, I was looking at this, the, the, the raindrop prelude, Champagne raindrop prelude is a, is a real sort of, it's a, something of a cliche, but I, I, I that repeated, um, those repeated crotches or quavers on a single night thing. I, I got hooked on that and never quite got off. The hook because it, it gives a sense. I mean, there's lots of different ways of doing it. Obviously, it pro uh, propels the music a little bit, but um, I was trying to use it as a slightly sort of dread theme. So there's this sort of impending doom. It seems the wrong word, but um, fate. Mm -hmm. Again, playing around with memory, the idea you kind of. Peter kind of already knows what's going to happen because some of this is he's remembering and some mm. of it not remembering but, he, but things aren't looking good <laughs> um, and and there's uh, there's a siren 
there's some beeping noises in the sound design that I was trying to lock in with and just this kind of pulsing thing that 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 leading the character to the end. In these quieter piano moments, it can sound very sweet. Um, yes. There's, there's that pattern is just ticking away underneath. So that, that um, yeah, there's lots of like little subtle themes and things I was trying to get across. To be honest, I, I like to have all these ideas and all these kind of concepts and all these themes and all these ways of tying stuff together. And I think it's important, but I, I tend to just get rid of them if, they, if they're not working, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I, I try as much as possible to then step back and listen to it and think, actually, is it, is it working just on the surface level? Um, wow. It's clever in doing with these bits, but, but it, it has to just work in, in, in that moment. But yeah, the, the simple piano was... Um, I, I actually used two different piano sounds to represent the two characters, two main characters. I well. wondered, so the, the synthy ele- or the electric piano is the, is the other timeline then, or...? The idea was that... Uh, that those two different, slightly, I mean, they're not very different, but slightly different piano sounds would, would mm-hmm. represent those two characters, but I didn't wed them absolutely. And they interplay and, 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 okay. and so one leads into the next. So I would take the same piano part, but move it from one sound to the next sound. And then, um, but I, I liked the idea of them speaking to each other. Along with the, the this you know simplicity, and I swear I'll stop saying that word at some point. Uh, you know the it's, fine. it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I often just create chaos and mess, and and so I hear that it sounds simple. <laughs> Genuine. That is the best. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, but also another theme is even though there's heartache in the music, and you know, like you said, kind of this fate, this impending doom, but also this just yearning, kind of like like uh. Um, there's still a lot of consonants, a lot of major chords, right? Um, uh, there, even though there's melancholy, and and so I, I just would like to hear you more talk about that too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I charge more for happy music because it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it is a nightmare to write happy music. Um, that doesn't sound twee and cliche, but the, the, I, I quite early on, yeah, send stuff to Luke, and we agreed on this tone that's sitting somewhere between the two it, there mm-hmm. has to be there has to be light as well as the shade and and uh and often, often some of the some of the scenes are, are really quite happy scenes you know there's, sure. there's really no no need for them to be uh uh it's not it's not a, it's not a desperately sort of miserable game um <laughs> which should make that clear um but yeah no i i like that sort of ambiguous somewhere in between uh kind of feel and i think when I oh, that's, again back to the piano when when there's a lot of major chords I'll often just avoid the third. I'm oh, sorry, this is getting like it's not massively. No, please technical. do, please do. It, it, you know, so the third note of the scale is 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 what defines whether we're talking about a major or a minor chord. Um, yeah, and and so sometimes I just avoid that note altogether so that you in a way don't really know. I mean, you can kind of tell from the chord progressions, but broadly speaking, when you're on the mm. root note. Uh, root chord, then you you, you kind of don't know whether you're in the major or the minor. Um, so I do that. I do that a lot anyway. Um, but I did that quite a lot in this game. I, but I, if, if if I was clearly in the major chord, then I would leave a lot of space um, because even when the characters are quite happy uh, in that moment, uh, they're always a bit awkward <laughs> with each other and these these nervous <laughs> sort of pauses in the conversation. Which are, I mean, the performances. I'm sure you agree with 
were beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so I was trying to reflect that in the music as well. Um, I did a lot off grid. So, um, recording without, you know, a, a metronome or a click, which is the, the metronome and click thing, obviously, is, yeah, pop music and everything, but it's actually really useful when you're trying to implement stuff at the bottom, at the back end. Mm-hmm. And I went off grid a few times <laughs> because it just needed that push and pull. It needed that, those sort of pauses. Yeah. So I try and get the emotion in without, obsessing about the key if that makes sense so it might be major but then there's some spaces to make it a bit more awkward technical for a minute because I was going to bring this up a little later but now seems appropriate there's a track called Molly Talk and uh, there's a sec- a, a moment I don't know maybe a third of the way through maybe halfway through where you linger on this uh, major seventh chord but it's the seventh that comes in and then you drop the major chord underneath it All right, I'm going to interrupt for just a second and play this for you, even though Ed can't hear it yet. So here it is in isolation in the tune itself called Molly Talk. All right, now I'm going to demonstrate this for you using MIDI strings. So the quality of the string sound isn't great, but it is similar enough to the sound in Ed's, the timbre of uh, the way Ed composed it. So it makes for a little bit of an easier comparison. So here's a seventh chord. It's, it's It's a triad with another note added to the top. So a a triad is, you know, three notes stacked together that are each a third apart. So if you stack one more third on there, it's the seventh degree of this particular scale in this moment in, in the piece. So stack them together and it sounds like this. What Ed did is he took this top note and he holds it by itself for just a second and then he puts the rest of the triad underneath it. So again, here's the moment in isolation in the track Molly Talk. And now let's lead into it so you can hear it in context. We'll go back to the interview now. Um, I don't know if you even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I might have been a accident, but no, go on. Okay, let's pretend it's by design, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really great. I, I almost want you to listen to it again to hear how great it was because every time I would hear that track and that bit would come up, I would just literally, I would go, oh... I think um, I think that was. I mean, yeah. I mean, on, honestly, on a technical thing, I, I'm hearing that as uh, that's really interesting. Actually, I'm hearing that as a really, really simple and slow melody with a with 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 chord uh, backing. You know, sure, um, sure. But the the some of the 
instruments I use, like so I, I make a lot of my own sample instruments. Oh, cool. Um, so kind of rough, but they kind of think they all merge into one big, <laughs> one big sort of palette. But so, so maybe they sound the same. But um, it's a it's a really nice scene. That it's all very orangey and red and warm, isn't it? That 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 flashback. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, Major Seventh, a friend of mine I used to write music with always said that Major Seventh is the most middle class chord in the world. <laughs> 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 You've lived a really privileged life. Yeah. You can afford to make seven, you know, it's fine. That's all right. Everything's <laughs> great. So, yeah, it's really funny. I, I, I yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm in no way a millionaire, but I've had it sort of, you know, I've had it, it's been all right. So yeah, I can I can I can bust out the major seventh. Yeah, it's a very warm chord, isn't it? Very, oh, it's, very, yeah, very nice. It's a good one. If you hit it right, you know, it can like like your friend says, they can be a little like too much, but you know, when you casually drop them in, it can be a really melting and lovely. <laughs> like you know what? I'm gonna send him I'm gonna send him a clip of that and, t- and say, ah, see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned Cold War. There's a Russian bass involved, um, and, and in that track, there's some really cool scooping and tone bending in there. Um, and it's like you taking the acoustic piano and manipulating it. And I'm not entirely sure if that's what was happening, but that's what it kind of sounds like. And, and I thought that was really cool. And then, uh, you know, cello slips in a time or two. So, so talk to me a little bit about the track Russian bass, if if you can, because um, I think that's the first time the cello comes in too. But uh, but I, yeah. I just love the scooping and tone bending and, and all that stuff is really cool. Uh, thank you. Uh, that's very kind. I, the, the tone bending, that's on a plug-in where I sound so unromantic to say a plug-in, but it was, <laughs> it, 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 it's changing a parameter that's not pitch. And I can't remember, it's, it's doing something like it's somehow changing the amount of times it repeats or the delay time or something but oh, anyway cool. because bit like you can do it with you can do it on a, like an echo plugin where you change it and it gives it that but it's yeah. it, it just different. i can't like I, I do you know what top of my head i can't remember exactly what it was but mm-hmm. i use this one plugin um for everything <laughs> 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 I, I i i do you know what i was really lucky a guy came in i i i'm in a block of studios here and we all sort of help each other out this guy came in oh, and just looked at the picture of what I was doing and said, "You gotta, you gotta get this plugin um, <laughs> uh, because it's like this huge reverb, shimmer reverb thing." Cool. I put it on, and I, I'm I, I I like to think I don't obsess about plugins because it's just so I don't know. You can end just sound like everybody else, but I put this on and I thought, ah, <laughs> <laughs> which is it sounds very big. <laughs> nice. <laughs> scenes are very big so uh that were and uh, big in a i don't know in a way i hadn't heard before so i really liked that anyway i was mucking around with this plugin a lot and there was this one parameter that would give that would would, would bend the tone cool. um keep doing it so you could just it was it's it's kind of mad you can kind of it feels like it's always going up but it it, it I, I, I can't explain it but anyway it felt much much classier and more interesting than just getting the old pitch bend wheel going, you know. I use that a lot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, the cello, yeah, 
my, if I'm a bad pianist, then I, I really, I literally don't play the cello. But I thought, um, I used to play violin when I was a kid, and I thought, ah, come on. So I, so I recorded um, some very ropey cello, and then put all sorts of effects on it, and you know, oh, tuned wow. it. So that, but but yeah, it was a moment that needed. Do you know what? You can kind of get away with murder with these things because the, 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 it wants to sound a bit rough. Like there's moments that you don't want to sound sickly sweet. In fact, most of this game yeah. you don't want you know, really refined and sweet. So it's actually getting a kind of amateurish um, cellist involved is is, is 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 a good thing. And and it's a big old slide as well. So. Um, but I keep making excuses. I like the sound of it and I, and I use that a lot, but it's not, it's not some great grand take. You know, it's, it's just a couple of samples really that, that chairman. Is that Russian? We're talking about Russian bass, right? Yeah. Yeah. It comes in in the very, I think toward the very end, the cello comes in the first time. Then there's, of course, lots of other cello. But it's you. It's you. Yeah, yeah, it's all me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. A real, um, I don't know, just a control freak. So I'll just try playing anything. Um, I've got a clarinet I bought. If, actually, you might be able to see it. I can I, I see can. it. I love that. I've <laughs> never, never played any woodwind in my life. But yeah, I get it. It's really? all right. Wow, that's mm. a hard one to start. Well, I mean, there are harder woodwinds, I guess. But um, but yeah, that's an. I love clarinet. Clarinet's great. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the thinking man saxophone, isn't it? Flipping it. saxophone, sorry. But the, the oboe, um, I've never tried an oboe. And I, I, but I had, I got, I bought another instrument, random instrument. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know. But it had the same um, mouthpiece. A double reed? Think, the double reed. Forget the double reed. That is. Who? Well, an oboe. And then made a sound out. It was absolutely. Know. I literally haven't made a single. I haven't even made a squeak. Do you know what I mean? I just, oh, I, I do. <laughs> yeah, do you play? Do you play? Do you Not play oboe, it? but I mean, I did. I did. I played it in college because I was an education major. This was so many years ago now. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you did you soak it long enough? Was it wet enough? Tried everything. Tried everything. Yeah, wow. this this India and uh, oboe. I, I, maybe bassoon. Maybe try with that double reed first, and then work your way up the scale to oboe. <laughs> I don't Go like bassoon, English horn, to oboe or something. So they all have slightly different double reeds. Though the big, yeah. the bigger. Uh, okay. uh, oh yeah, big... but bassoon is a much bigger reed than than oboe and English horn. I assume is in between. What's funny is that I just interviewed um, for for this podcast. I just interviewed a woman named Kristen Nagus, and she has made a, a career for herself playing all woodwinds for many many video game composers, and she's on dozens of scores that, I mean, if you're a gamer, you would have heard her at some point. And and I just interviewed her a week or two ago, and we talked oh. about that very thing, because, of course, they make their own reads, you know, these professionals do. And uh, what I didn't realize is you have to have a different machine for each instrument. You can't use an oboe reed-making machine for a bassoon Oh, read. Uh, so you need like a machine for your bassoon, a machine for your English horn, your oboe, your piccolo oboe. It's just like ridiculous. But anyway, that's <laughs> today I learned. Yeah. 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 And they're not cheap instruments either. I used to play timps in, uh, well, I used to play uh, percussion in the back of an orchestra. And, uh, okay. So, and I, I assume this is normal. The, the bassoonists would, were right in front of the timps. So I got a, I got a lot of honking, you know. The youth example. Well, it's a beautiful instrument when you when you learn it properly, but yeah, there was, yep. yeah maybe I might try the bassoon. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. It made my face tickle though, bassoon, just because it's the vibrations. But it's they're such great instruments. But I'd love to know more a little bit about your background. We'll come back to South of the Circle in a minute. But um, you know, you just mentioned you're a percussionist. Is that what you studied when you were younger? Yeah, I, I my both my parents were very uh, keen that I learn to play some music some musical instruments um that neither of them played music themselves but they mm. it was the thing to do you know let's get your kids into music but they, they also you know 
loved music and 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 could see I had a thing for it. Um, I learned violin when I was five or six, something like that, um, and was, I mean, really. I know I keep saying, but I really was genuinely awful at the violin, and, and years and years and years. Of, but you know, it taught me to read music, and it taught me appreciation um, of being able to play. Um, mm-hmm. And then I learned piano, and uh, was a bit better at that. And then I learned percussion. And when I, when I started percussion, that was I'd had enough sort of, you know, I tried a couple of instruments out, and percussion was like, ah, this is this is the one. So um, yeah, it's quite quite good and and was thinking of of studying at uh music college and ended up not doing so i i i did a maths degree in the end um oh, wow. and actually I so much i'd done so much music as a kid that i i thought i'd just leave it for three years mm-hmm. you know i i was in a band and we'd, we'd, we'd play during the holidays but in terms of you know classical jazz or anything I, I thought i'd just leave it i ended up doing a bit of music university inevitably but but not a huge amount i just mm-hmm. wanted to try some and have a bit of a break um because it had been so sort of dominant in in, in, in my school days and uh came out of uni and did the band for a while and then uh Got into composition kind of kind of by chance, really. That I, I I just started getting more and more interested in producing music um, with a laptop and a couple of speakers. And a friend of mine came round and said, "I've written." You know, she said she'd written a few songs, and I'd always been a songwriter in this band. You know, so I'd always been singer oh. songwriter, lead production to somebody else. You know, uh, but you know, I'll, I'll do. And it was exactly the way round. Though she she came she came round and said, "Oh, you know how to use." I think I was on Logic at the time. You know, you use Logic and you got some speakers and I've just written some songs, what do you think? And it was so liberating to not do the songwriting part of it and just oh, to concentrate wow. on part of it. I thought I would hate it, but I I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I was in a band called Gaps. It was the two of us. Um, and uh, that went really well for a while. Um, and then we we decided to knock it on the head after the second album uh, she wanted to go and do some other things, and I just had a kid, and we we kind of thought let's um let's let's stop whilst it's our idea. I'm looking that from a comedian, I can't remember his name now, but he's talking about giving up alcohol. We're like, let's stop writing music together whilst it's our idea, <laughs> um, because we'd made some money from it, but not masses, and and we'd and we'd had some success, but not not enough to kind of propel us into doing it as a day job, day in day out. Mm-hmm. So we, you know what? Let's have some control over it and 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 do some other things. And in 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 that time, I'd um yeah, in that time, I'd met Luke at State of Play, and I'd done uh, Luminae City with him, and I, it'd been such an experience. Um, I'd started, you know, talking to my friends who were, I just had a couple of friends that were directors and had done some just little bits of work with them, some personal work from them. And then I got an agent and, you know, did some other bits and bobs with, with them and thought, I think, I think this is it. I think this might be me. I think I might be a composer. And, and it's funny really, because I, as a kid, when I was just to go right back to the beginning, that my violin teacher, and this must, I must have been 10 or 11, gave me, um, there's some freeware. Do you remember freeware? (laughs) Sure do. (laughs) On a, on a floppy disc called, um, Noteworthy Composer. And, uh, and I borrowed my dad's PC and uh and it was a scoring software, right? Um and I, I started writing arrangements of little little songs I'd written on guitar and and I'd write a kind of wind but I was in a wind band. <laughs> I've never heard <laughs> band since I've been in it. But anyway, uh, orchestra without, you know, the nice instruments. Um and, uh, and so I kind of scored a kind of backing, a wind band backing, you know, for my for my for my uh for my little songs and um and it was on general MIDI, so it just sounded appalling. But being able to have control and 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 spread out these chords and get them to move, get the lines to interweave, and you know all the kind of fun stuff, it was just incredibly addictive. And and then I and then I I actually did a music tech A level, you know A level was like yeah, just before university stuff here, and that was fun. So I kind of I've I've played with yeah production recording production and composition all my life i suppose 
but the band you know being in a band and playing guitar and singing was such a kind of obsession of mine I, i'd all, i'd never really thought of it as being the main thing uh until later on in life and then yeah i thought oh man and i know you know I've got two kids now and, and, and coming into the studio every day is great. It's, a, it's saving grace to get away from it all. But being at home at the end of the day is just, it's just magic. And, yeah. and I love being part of something bigger, right? I mean, it's just so nice. I mean, that is artistically really, really great. But it's also fabulous to finish the job and walk away and someone else promotes it. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the absolute best. Good luck. Off you go. <laughs> You've got the assets. Go for it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for it. Circle started as a um, Apple Arcade, or was it a mobile so, game first? Well, beautifully, I don't, I, you know, I don't have to know. I <laughs> 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 uh, said, but uh, no, you're quite right. It, it came out uh, on Apple Arcade. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was an Apple thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, got in touch with State of Play quite early on, I believe. Maybe, maybe right at the beginning. I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on Apple Arcade, and then. They obviously had some deal that after a year that it could go onto other platforms. So yeah, it's just come out on the other platforms. Or I'd say just come out. It's that's a relatively recent thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you can play it in in, in all the places. Um, in uh, a track called "Russian Mine," um, it gets pretty intense in this track. And and there's a, I mean, relatively speaking, it's not like epic orchestra suddenly, but uh, it does get kind of the intensity ramps up and. Um, there's this uh, really, you, you talked about making your own instruments, so I'm really curious about this one now because there's like this weird pipe organ sound or some kind, it's very airy keyboard sound. I'm really sorry. No, don't, don't be. Uh, often I will just just take just take the end of a note. It sounds to me like the end of a note. So sure. there's no attack because so much character is in the attack, right in the transient, and the right at the beginning. That conversely, so perversely, taking it off just makes it sound completely different. And I I, th- I think it's that with a load load of this um shimmer. Yeah on it yeah okay. sorry no I, don't be sorry, kind of a it's really horrible sound it's really disturbing <laughs> it's it's unnerving i don't i don't know about horrible but it's it's definitely un, unnerving you know you're like whoa yeah so I, I keep doing this thing so i'll record you know a piano string or something and then just chop the beginning off it and then it goes through one effect going to the other and then you re-record it and then you know by the yep. end of it you've and you've mixed it with a load of other stuff. You know, I, I, I couldn't. I'm sorry. And yeah, it's not, annoyingly, it's not like my rusty gate at home or something. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. Been there, like, probably, if I thought about it, you know, it might be interesting to talk about. But this one, I don't know. It's some sound I picked up. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> samplers. I mean, you can just make it out of anything now, can't you? Just whack a sound right. in and. <laughs> And then a track called Cafe Finale. Uh, yeah. There's it just disintegrates at the end, and I'd I'd love to know more a little more about that. It just kind of falls apart. It's, yeah, no, yeah. that I that okay. I do know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm detuning things okay. throughout 
so so it starts off in tune and then and then in the individual lines are uh the individual instruments are all going slightly out of tune mm-hmm. in in a conventional place within the thing so uh so I didn't really finish that sentence, but yeah, it, so I, I'm detuning them in different directions, you know, so some are getting sharp, some are getting flat, so they're all relatively getting further away from each other. Yeah, that's very, that was very conscious, you know, to, to, to fit in with what was happening in the story, because it's, you know, Peter's kind of starting to really lose it, isn't he? Lose his mind. So yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm so pleased that came across. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's very, very cool. He's trying to kind of, you can almost imagine him trying to keep it together, you know? Yes. Keep the, yeah, and keep it all together, but it's, it's not happening. Yeah. 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 So that's, 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 that's pitching things out of tune. And, uh, cool. Uh, yeah, I think there's some back end effects on that as well to make it sound a bit more eerie, but yeah. 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 And then uh, the Highlands ending is, is so beautiful. And, uh, and I, I also love the way now that I know it's you playing cello, you, you play it really um, humanly. <laughs> Humanely doesn't sound right. I mean, I know that's the right pronunciation, but you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's not right in this context. Uh, it, it just um, and and I I'll put I'll put the example in in the podcast itself. But you can tell it's you must be off grid or something like you're saying because. Um, it's got that push and pull to it and it's really cool. Um, but, but generally speaking, I just, I really loved the momentum of that track and, uh, uh, yeah, I just, and the, it's, there's a freedom to it. So, um, talk to me about that one if you would. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's really kind. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, joking aside about the, about the cello thing, you you know, I I really did think I've got to get some, a natural recording on this um it can be so tempting with all these amazing virtual instruments now to just score everything and if you're not i mean i i do i do use virtual instruments um i make i make a lot of them my myself as you know basic sort of sample instruments things myself but um i but i do use others that, that are you know commercially available um but i always make a point if i am using those that that, that there's something organic and you know just a straight up live recording in there as well just so it takes the focus off it um just they're, they're not a dirty word i mean you can use them in all sorts of interesting ways but it's just it's just so important to have something that is at least you know unique to you i, I don't like the idea that i'm using exactly the same wav as everyone else is using even right. if i'm so anyway so i, I yeah got, i'm just nicked a cello from someone else's studio and, 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 and had a go nice about doing Highlands Ending despite the fact that it's you know one of those classics where Luke says oh, oh by the way there's an extra scene at the end <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> what? Uh, um, was, was getting to use the um, trying to look for it now uh, Highlands Discovery um, music again because I mean obviously yep. it's set in the same place and, and it's the same same moment um, but it was really nice Highlands Discovery I, I think you mentioned it earlier and I mm-hmm. left because just such a nightmare to get to get right it's this it's this we well, you know it's these two people climbing a mountain but it, the, the scene itself could take up to 10 minutes maybe if you really took your time but you're certainly five it's this really really long build-up so musically it's really hard mm-hmm. to know what to do there because you don't want a build that lasts for five minutes that's kind of just so draining on the ears uh at the same time where do you go because they're going uphill and they're, they're heading to <laughs> this this moment so, um anyway I think we got there in the end, but it was that was that was just structurally quite a difficult thing to do. Anyway, so it's really nice 
have uh, being able to come back to it and just take those those themes I was really happy with and really pleased with, and for them to be less dynamic and less sort of uh, having to worry too much about structure and just getting to yeah just just let the music take over and 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 it be a flattish piece of music that that I mean I know at the beginning it's scored right with a kiss and everything but then just let it run and then that piano ding 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 like little Oscar thing yep. I th- I'm almost certain Did I had that in for that. I can't remember, but I made more of it at the end anyway. Um, and let that really go. And I, you know, what? it's a really funny thing to say because it was, it's great scoring the, 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 the narrative moments and, and, and the emotional to and froing and everything. But I really like scoring credits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, scoring credits is ridiculous as a thing to say, but like, I, I really like that you sort of, it's like putting the lights on at the end of a theater or, or whatever. It's like, you, you're out, by the way. Like this is that's it. You know, you go. So you got to you take the you're like taking the person to the door. You know, this <laughs> is right all the way. We're off. We're off. That's the end of the game. I, I find that a really satisfying thing. So that sort of quite almost sort of jolly piano at the end is it's just a little. It's all right. Don't worry. Maybe maybe it ended up fine. You know, maybe they were okay. Either way, the game's over. So you know, off you go. final moments here um can you talk about any things you're working on right now do you know what with computer games it's just mad i i i would love to get involved in another music game but i i'm i have to be so picky i've been so spoiled with state of play and and their two games just aesthetically i just love the way they look and there are definitely some games out there that i think wouldn't mind doing their next game but there are no immediate plans for for for, for other computer games at the minute um okay. i'm open to it it's just it's a funny industry you know a lot a, a lot of composers are in-house a lot of composers are doing great big orchestral scores which isn't my thing so yeah, it's such a big project. You got you got to wait until the right one comes along. Um, but yeah, now at the minute I'm working on a short film, and oh, cool. uh, I unfortunately can't say what it's about. But but it's 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 great. Just literally uh, as of yesterday, just started working on that. Um, and a few other personal projects, people are, I'm I'm keen to work with. So little little pieces. But yeah, no, it's I've just released an EP and. Uh, yeah, I'm looking around for for, for, for for new things. As I say, I've got stuff on right now, but in the near future, yeah, I'm kind of keeping my eye open. Oh, cool, cool. Well, do you want to say anything more about South of the Circle before we cut her off for the day? <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was a long, it was a long process. <laughs> was it? Yeah, because I because I, I knew Luke from um, from previous work with him. Um, when he started making noises about this this new game, I just said, "Get me in, get me in now, get me in now." And and we had to, um, you know, just talk about what what he wanted with the game, um, uh, with the score for the game. And uh, I just wanted to get on board as quickly as as soon as I could. Yeah, um, it was probably a good idea, but did mean by the end of the process I've been on it forever. Um, I, I think it's one of those things that you know. If I ever retire, I'll look back and think that was a hell of an opportunity. There, um, a game that's so narrative-led and so beautiful, and so there's such moments of, of intimacy and then grandeur and, and, and space. You know, it's such a lot to play with. Um, I'm really pleased with it, um, but I'd, I'd love an almost exactly the same game to come along. <laughs> <laughs> all over again north of the circle north of the square yeah 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 exactly (laughs) i mean obviously not exactly the same but you know that that kind of uh that sort of game would just be amazing because it was yeah it was just an incredible privilege Mm -hmm. really um yeah it really was and and ross the sound designer i worked really really closely with um he implemented all the music so and and so to have a team that worked Firstly, so nice <laughs> in the best possible use of the word nice, you know, just great people. Yeah. But also, obviously, exceptionally good at what they do 
working on a project that's got a great big green light, you know, more or less. I, th- I, 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 I don't know what struggles there were, but I don't think there were a huge amount. We had this great idea, concept, and we're allowed to just get on with it. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, it was great. The soundtrack can be purchased on Steam. I know that. I'm not sure if it's elsewhere. Are you? Uh, <laughs> I sort of hand it over and then leave it to everybody else. Um, no, as far as I'm aware, Steam is it okay. for now. Okay, but that's where I got it. So I recommend everyone. It's a beautiful listen standalone, which is always a, a bonus from a beautiful game is when the soundtrack is uh, just as enjoyable on its own. Um, so I encourage everyone to to have a listen. And I just hope you do another game soon so we can talk again. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm up for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ed. I really appreciate your time today. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Ed Critchley, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Normally, I'd send you to the YouTube channel to check out the video. Not this time, but do check out all the other videos that we have posted there. It's uh, youtube.com slash level with Emily Reese, and give us a little subscription if you would. Also, uh, it'd be really helpful for us if you would rate this podcast where you listen to your podcast. That's really helpful for us in all aspects of life. (laughs) So if you don't mind heading over to literally wherever you download this podcast or listen to this podcast and give us a rating, that'd be amazing. All right. Well, I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.